Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Hong with you. Time now for Why It Matters. Now, professionals, managers and executives, I think most of us listening today as well, fall into this category. And this has been an area of concern for many experts and economists as well. Because whenever there are economic headwinds, PMEs tend to really get hit as well, especially older PMEs. You would have heard of stories of people getting Getting retrenched during the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And now, after a year-long consultation exercise, the NTUC SNEF PME Task Force has issued nine recommendations to address the concerns of PMEs. Okay, so this task force apparently consulted more than 10,000 PMEs, mm. union leaders and business leaders, and the idea was to understand the key concerns and needs of PMEs at the workplace. And they wanted to seek out both pro-worker and pro-business proposals that would help PMEs and companies. Yeah, if they benefit both, they're more likely to work, mm. more likely to be sustainable, right? Very true. So Very the true. MOM, the Ministry of Manpower, has said they will be considering these recommendations to find out more about the recommendations and, of course, to get an outlook of the local labour market. We are joined now by Patrick Tay. He's Assistant Secretary General, NTUC and Co-Chair of the NTUC SNEF PME Task Force. Quite a mouthful there. Good morning, Patrick. Yeah, good morning, Marty and Elliot, and thanks for having me on FNEFM. Well, happy to have you on. We understand that the PME Task Force was formed back in October 2020. But just from speaking to my PME friends, they're not fully aware of what this task force has set out to do and how it might help them in tangible terms. So perhaps you could give us an idea of that, first of all. Yeah, I think, I think firstly, of course, you can get to download a copy of the PME Task Force report. It's a nice <laughs> presented report where you know anyone, members of the public, can actually access it. And I have looked at uh, the discussions that we've gone through, the surveys that we've gone through, and the various output from the engagement sessions with the more than 10,000 professionals, managers, executives. And I think uh, it fleshes out some of the anxieties and fears and concerns faced by PMEs. I think, yep, that's the piece of document. And, and more importantly, it's NTC SNEF deck of recommendations, which we hope Ministry of Manpower will respond to. I understand you consulted, this task force consulted over 10,000 professionals, managers and executives, union leaders, etc., etc. I mean, how, how were you able to ensure that you got the most accurate detail out of the consultation and it wasn't just a case of they, them answering questions for the sake of? Yeah, that's right. So uh, that's why we, we had to uh, outreach to more than about 10,000 professionals, managers, executives. Because we, besides some of the online surveys, uh, we also conducted physical focus group session, uh, discussion sessions, I think about 15 of them. And uh, these sessions are already no holds barred. And we had an opportunity, including myself, being involved in some of the sessions, heard uh, what concerns and the fears. And, and, and the PME Task Force actually found that PMEs are, are most concerned about the lack of job security and require greater support in employment and training opportunities. And, and in particular, there's a greater particular focus on those PMEs that are between 40 to 60 mm. because these, are, these challenges are felt more acutely by this group of mature PMEs. And, and, uh, and in the report or in the course of the one-year survey and, and task force work, we also found that PMEs are also faced with age discrimination and, and of course, competition for forum PMEs. And, and the COVID-19 pandemic itself did not help. It's actually accelerated, accentuated, and aggravated many of these anxieties of professionals, measures, and executives. 
And if I may just you know draw some points from the report is that in, in particular the report we had a series of surveys, not just one, but a series of surveys touching on issues which are more closer to the hearts of mature PMEs. Seventy-six percent of them support some form of you know looking for greater support in the areas of employment opportunities. And another sixty-one percent were asking you know can we do more to protect them against job losses? And fifty-five percent actually asked for more support for job-related training. So so all these go to show that there are, in fact, fears and anxieties of mature PMEs in particular. And, and they also felt that, well, compared to the, the, their younger counterparts, they felt that they were at a, some of a disadvantage, particularly in the workplaces. Mm. Mm. Here's the thing, though, Patrick. These issues, as you said, have been around for some time and have only been exacerbated by COVID-19. And I know that the government has put in place certain guidelines and rules about things like ageism, about things like discrimination against Singaporean workers in favour of foreign workers. So why haven't these guidelines and provisions actually been working to improve these situations and these problems? Essentially, the report actually fleshes out what more can we do. In fact, mm. well, you may be aware, in, in the course of the last decade, there were many initiatives throughout the years, in particular focusing on helping and supporting professionals, managers, executives, from, for example, like in, in the area of nationality discrimination, mm. the fair consideration framework, support guidelines on fair employment practices, yeah. including greater support and protection to amendments of the two rounds of the, uh, amendments to the Employment Act and other related legislation. So there are various initiatives, but I said we, we can always do more as a journey okay. so as we develop as a country and, and as the workforce profile changes, demographic profile changes and, and the country develops. I think we need to also see to ensure there are laws, regulations, policies and programs, they continue to stay relevant and representative of, of our profile. Yeah. yeah. Patrick, if you don't mind me putting you on a spot here, and it's with regard to how PME Task Force has helped out. Any chance you would have a case study of how PME Task Force and NTUC has helped out or perhaps a particular story that has uh, stood out for you over this past year? Yeah, sure. I think in the course of having engaged so many PMEs, I think we had, I mean, I personally two, two personal stories of these two PMEs, Cassandra and Daniel, okay. kind of like quite impacted some of us. I think firstly, this Miss Cassandra, I mean, I could be gotten the permission to share the story and both of them. I think uh, Cassandra, firstly, of course, 50 years old, uh, uh, your typical mature PME. Mm-hmm. And, and she was retrenched March this year. You know, after 23 years in a local media company doing advertising sales at the call center, uh, she then took up uh, some of the Skills Future program uh, through our Creative Media and Publishing Union's recommendations uh, and, of course, connecting her to our NTC Learning Hub. And, and she's currently pursuing her real estate license to be a property agent and is also working, uh, in the meantime, as a safe distance ambassador at a, at a polytechnic in the, well, in the interim. She actually did find it challenging to find a job after getting retrenched it was emotionally rather upset, you know, but I'm glad she really picked herself up and enrolled in some of these programs, upgraded her skill sets, and then leveraged on the various support and, and took, took up opportunities as they came by. Mm-hmm. And, and the other person is actually Daniel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel is 45, also another uh, mature PME. Uh, and then another, well, I would say quite an inspiring example. He first resigned uh, as a procurement manager sometime in 2016. He took on several roles, pastry chef, entrepreneur, night shift caregiver, wow. driver, and even swabbing admin staff. And he, he wanted eventually to, to return to a corporate role and went for some of our career coaching at E2I and various support measures by our National Private Hire Vehicle Association. Mm. And, and I, I, I'm glad to share that he's now 
working as a head of procurement in, uh, in one of our uh, uh, healthcare institutions. Wow. Well, I'm glad to hear that companies are giving mature mm. PMETs a chance as well. It's time yes. that ageism were just thrown out the window. Come on. You know, just get with the program already. In an aging population, we have a lot of productive individuals and age should not be a factor. But in connection with mature PMEs, I understand, Patrick, that the task force has talked about things like helping them transit into meaningful employment through short-term salary support, but also one more thing, unemployment income support for PMEs. You've recommended that as well, and I know this to be quite a contentious issue. Some people think it'll be a disincentive to find work. What do you have to say to that? Yes, roughly, I remember having a conversation with you some quite some time back. Yeah, uh, years ago, right? Years back, <laughs> yeah, on, on this and, and, and really, this is something which after lots of deliberation, consideration, of course, hearing out the, the, so many of the, our PMEs who have been affected, whether the upturns and the downturns, and, and this is one area which we felt very, very strongly. I think there's a general uh, consensus among quite a number of the PMEs that we met that some form of unemployment support uh, would, would help in the transition process. Well, as I said, it's no holds barred, so we actually flesh out uh, this as one, one of the key recommendations. There are four key trusts in the recommendations, and, and this is one of them, to provide some form of unemployment support, particularly for the, the PMEs who are transiting or, or finding uh, a new work. Because we also see in, in the various labour market statistics, particularly coming out from the Ministry of Manpower, that Particularly the mature PMEs, they take a slightly longer time before they are able to re-enter and then rejoin back into the workforce after they are laid off or after they have been terminated or after they are out of work. So I think this, this unemployment support, I think uh, there are also concerns, definitely from uh, the other quarters to say that, you know, will this create a kind of like a, a clutch mentality or uh, entitlement mentality? But I think essentially... Not just unemployment support alone. If you read the PME task force report, we are particularly, you know, outlined explicitly, also fleshing out the concerns of PMEs that it should it should be coupled with active labour market policies. Meaning that besides this transitionary or unemployment support during that short interim period, there should be some sort of a, a drive or proactive work by the job or the unemployed person or unemployed employee worker to, to, to really search out and look out for new opportunities. Looking ahead though, I mean, we're at that time of the year, you know, people are waiting for bonus, etc., etc. If they're thinking about changing jobs or upgrading skills, they ought to do it soon. What's your outlook for the local, local labour market for 2022? Yes, if you ask me personally in one word, I'm, I'm rather bullish mm. about the economy. At the same time, I think the job market is gradually picking up. Why, why do I say this? I mean, yesterday, the, the third quarter economic survey results were just out. We, we, have, we have done well, and the, and the forecast has been positive. In fact, more positive than expected for 2021. And I, I think from the many interactions I have, with not just the PMEs, but of course the many employers in various sectors, and of course uh, the labour market reports, they are being flashed out every, every quarter. In fact, there's one going to come up very soon in the next couple of weeks. And I think overall, I expect to see uh, our unemployment rate you know, coming down and at the same time also more opportunities. Uh, I think, but what I'm particularly concerned about, well, two areas. And firstly, the, the employment change numbers from yesterday's report, if you notice it's a negative employment change number. I mean, that's something we need to pay closer attention to. But I think the bigger problem which uh, all of us need to be aware and, and of course moving ahead is uh, this issue of structural unemployment meaning that there are actually jobs available, but they are in areas where they require skills and experience, which many of us may not be able to undertake or 
uh, embark on. So I think that's the, the, the big challenge. So the skills mismatch or skills gap or so I say a mismatch of, of skills will be one big challenge for us moving into 2022 and beyond. And, and therefore, the various programs, if you can see, uh, and of course, in the report, we actually flesh out to see more areas where we can enhance you know, and as well as augment and the government can do more to help partner with the trial partners to, to drive and overcome this particular area. Mm, and, and I think those are great recommendations, except that there are some other concerns as well when we talk about the new landscape today, right? A lot of companies thinking about employing remote workers from other countries that might be lower cost countries, right? So those workers wouldn't demand such high salaries. So I've heard some concerns from PMEs who say that I could be just as capable, if not more capable than person X in country X. But all things being equal, employers could just decide to hire someone from a low cost of living country where salaries are more acceptable. Then what? What's your, what are your thoughts on this? Yes, Bharati, I, 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 I agree with you. And I think this is not something that will happen now. Maybe perhaps it's more accentuated, accelerated. But I think through the years, uh, through out, outsourcing, offshoring, I think some of these work that's being done virtually or across uh, jurisdictions have already happened. So I, I see it positively in the sense that uh, it's a reciprocal kind of, of, of uh, outcome in that Singapore workers now can actually access the different markets at the same time. So those, those of us who have those special innate skills and abilities and experience and certifications may be able to deliver services to companies that are never once or not able to, to access or for a variety of reasons. For example, Singaporeans who, who have for a variety of reasons cannot go overseas to undertake some of these programs can now offer their, their products, their services and access new markets. And I, I've seen it being done and happening, in fact, during the last 15 months where some of these services are being you know, produced out of Singapore and, and, and delivering to countries you know, far off in far off land. So I think there's, there's success stories, but the challenge is finding the right, the right balance. But at the same time, that's why there's a greater emphasis and we see the need for really bringing out not just the quantity, but also the quality of skills and experience in our workforce so that we can able, we are able to value add, value create, and so you know, be, be a good value proposition for different employers in different industries. So I think there will be different needs by different sectors, companies, and, and therefore the need for us to, to really build up our strength, our bench strength, both at the both at you know, at a, at a senior leadership level as well as across all levels uh, with a particular focus, I said, on uh, PMEs. Never write off a Singaporean. Patrick Tay, Assistant Secretary General, NTUC and Co-Chair of the NTUC SNEF PME Task Force. Patrick, appreciate your time this morning. Take care and stay safe, yeah? Yeah, thanks, thanks. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.